and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Week in Markets. I am Richard Tang, the China strategist and head of research Hong Kong for Bank Julius Baer. Today is Tuesday, and we are expecting an eventful week for the market with the upcoming meeting between President Joe Biden and President Xi Jinping at the APEC in San Francisco. We are also expecting earnings results from a number of U.S. consumer companies, but the nearest one is the U.S. inflation print that is due in less than 24 hours. Now, to be clear, we do not expect huge amount of surprises to the inflation number, but in case it does, it will clearly have an impact to the interest rate market, specifically how investors see the possibility of a further rate hike. This is not our base case scenario, though, as we think most countries, including the U.S., are already done with the hike cycle. But as a matter of fact, interest rates have been moving very closely with the equity market in the U.S. over the past three months. For example, two weeks ago, we basically saw a rip in both stocks and bonds, and that's because of a dovish FOMC. But last Thursday, a more hawkish narrative from Chair Powell and one of the worst treasury auctions basically pulled back the market really, really quickly. So should we be worried about the treasury auction? I don't think we need to be overly concerned about one or two bad auctions, because historically, that impact is usually intraday and was not long-lasting. Rather, I think we should keep the big picture in mind, which is the growth outlook. Recent macro data points have turned a little bit softer relative to expectations, so soft enough to keep rates from rising, but at the same time, not so soft that would get the market worried about recession. Some people got this Goldilocks. I think, honestly, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but the overall setup is indeed fairly supportive to equities. Talking about equities, the U.S. market this year has been going roughly in line with the historical average, you know, going up in the first half, consolidation in third quarter, and we're now on track to deliver a year-end rally. I know seasonality is never ever a strong reason to buy stocks, but other boxes are also checked. First box on fundamental, it's true that this reporting season started a bit mixed at the beginning, but it's been steadily improving. By now, 82% of the SPX companies that have reported have beat estimates, and the aggregate surprise is plus 7%. I think more importantly, the earnings growth for the third quarter is tracking at plus 4%, and this is after three consecutive quarters of profit decline. This basically means that the corporate earnings are finally recovering, which gives support to our constructive view on the U.S. market. Second on positioning, we put quite a bit of focus on the so-called systematic money besides the traditional mutual funds and hedge funds. And what's the systematic money? That includes CTA, risk parity, and volatility control funds, basically some rule-based quant funds. This systematic money is a very large part of the U.S. daily turnover, so you just can't ignore it when analyzing the flow dynamics in the U.S. market. And the bottom line is these funds are fairly short or light in positioning in U.S. stocks at the moment, and most of the scenarios are pointing to incremental buying from them. The third thing we have to consider is about the incremental liquidity. And do you know that the global money market funds now have an aggregate AUM of $8.3 trillion. That's huge. And previously, investors put the money into money market funds because they were worried about all sorts of economic risks in the U.S. and they wanted yields that were comparable to bank deposits. 
now that we have increasing confidence that the U.S. economy seems to be in good shape, and that the recession becomes a low probability event, and also that yields have, may have peaked out or even moved lower, it's quite likely that at least a small part of it may come out of these funds to be put somewhere else. And that somewhere else may very likely be the equity market. In short, the large AUM of money market fund may actually be the dry powder for the S&P 500. So our conclusion is still the same. Our bank had called for a Q3 consolidation, and now the consolidation has concluded. We think that the U.S. market has resumed a secular uptrend, and investors who were previously underexposed should consider adding back some positions. Now, in terms of where to put money to work, it may sound like a broken record, but we still like the mega tech. These stocks have pulled back quite a bit in the last quarter, but as you can see from the recent reporting season, the fundamentals have not materially changed. So at this price level, we are essentially buying the same growth outlook, which is stronger than the rest of the market, but at a much more reasonable valuation. Now, the other sector that we still like is healthcare. Obviously, this sector is a bit tricky because it has failed to outperform you to date, but we do have a few buy-rated pharmaceutical stocks that we are constructive on. That much about the US, we're moving on to the Chinese market. Our view on the Chinese market has not changed, that we're still expecting prolonged stagnation for the Chinese stocks. The way we think about it now is that there are some similarities between the current situation and the five years from 2011 to 2015, when the economy faced financing challenges of the local government and had to go through some rebalancing in terms of growth drivers. Right now, we're dealing with financing challenges of both the local governments and property developers. The economy had to move away from its reliance on property and domestic companies needs time to recover. So as the market takes time to digest these issues, we could be well in a trading range for quite a while. That being said, at this moment, we are already at the low end of the range. So a year-end rally is still possible. We note that the market expectations on policy has somehow risen since the announcement of that one trillion RMB central government bond issuance, and market may keep up the hope until mid-December when the government sets the tone for economic policies next year at the Central Economic Working Conference. So there may be some opportunities here and there. One thing that we're watching right now is the bounce of the smartphone supply chain after a couple of years of weak performance. Our channel feedback suggests that smartphone demand has finally seen some rebound, partly because Huawei smartphones are indeed selling pretty well recently, and Xiaomi as well. Whereas other Android smartphones are seeing a pickup in shipment because of discounts given by retailers, especially on the older models. Some component makers are also showing some fairly strong shipment numbers. I know this may be at odds with the weak consumer sentiment in China now, but considering the product cycle and the inventory cycle, we think there is still a pretty good chance this may last till the year end. All right, that's all I have to say today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next podcast. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast 
constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.